the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 4th. You're tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Good morning, Jordan. How are you doing? Good. How are you? It's it's a day. It it's sure a busy is a day. one today. It has definitely been a busy morning. <laughs> but happy birthday to Parker Stone. Absolutely. Happy and Vicky Parker. Bullet. And Vicky Bullet. That's a lot so of people. cool. Yeah. There's yeah, the there's the prettiest picture of her up at the um, Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle page. So just go go on over there and look at that. Yeah. Happy birthday if it's your birthday out there uh, listening today as well. Happy birthday from all of us here uh, at Panhandle News Network. And I'll say from uh, also happy birthday from the Berkeley County Sheriff uh, because <laughs> Sheriff Nathan Harmon is here with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, it's I'm I'm doing good. I I, I wish this rain would stop. Yeah, and sun come out and whatnot. But <laughs> I haven't been uh, outside. You're supposed in a while. to know. <laughs> you're in, you're in the media. I haven't been outside in a while. I know yeah. it's it's amazing how we cloister ourselves in and just actually look for updates on our computers instead mm-hmm. of yeah. looking, looking outside, outside and seeing what's going on. <laughs> but but how uh, things been out on the streets? They've been quiet. They've been busy. Oh, they've they've been busy. Um, yeah, we haven't we haven't. Uh, slowed down at all and i'm very proud of our men and women doing the jobs that they continue to do each and every day out there um so it's um uh, it's it's been busy okay so those of us who follow you on social media see these uh juicy drug arrest uh pictures (laughs) these posts that you put out earlier today you had another post that uh was headlined with ace team strikes again on i-81 um you just the highlights, <clears throat> excuse me, 14 plus grams of crack cocaine, 14.8 grams of pure powder cocaine, 83 packets of marijuana, and $1,443 in currency. So what does a bust like that uh, mean uh, for your department and for um, you know safety on the streets? Well, it, it sends a message, and that's the message we need to send very clearly is that we're not going to lay down and take it. We're not going to allow our roadways to be utilized as conduits for drug smugglers. Uh, and, and at human trafficking as well. Uh, we're out there. We're going to hit it hard. We're going to be proactive about our approach. Uh, and it's no holds barred. We're, we're, we're investing in the training. We're investing in the equipment. And, uh, you know, we, our Berkeley County uh, citizens uh, demand our roadways to be safer. And the roadways you speak about do uh, bring a kind of special I guess, risk or challenge to the area, too, because it brings people from all over the country, really, I guess, all over the world, for that matter, right through, you know, this corridor day in and day out. And that brings, like you said, drug smuggling and then human trafficking is also, I mean, on the rise, I guess you can say, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt about uh, open borders being a contributing issue to and, and a benefit to 
the Selena cartel, uh, which is El Chapo's son, who provides 83% of the fentanyl to the United States, mm. that cartel alone, let alone the other ones that are in competition. Uh, you've got China that provides the analogs to fentanyl, uh, though they've banded, per se, uh, fentanyl um, a- a- as its uh, you know, produced substance, mm-hmm. which is more of a cloak and dagger thing. Um, but they, they sell those analogs that, that, uh, and provide the analogs for those to create it uh, um, anywhere and uh, produce it in mass quantities. I mean, you've got a, a, we've got a definite issue with synthetic drugs versus plant-based drugs. I'm getting ready to go down to uh, Charleston uh, here within the next week to address the Handle With Care State Conference on Drug Trends, Safety, and Awareness. Uh, but uh, we need to talk about it because synthetic drugs are definitely uh, a bigger issue, and you know, we have to be we have to be proactive about that. What are you guys seeing um, as far as human trafficking coming through our county? Well, I can I can assure you, within the, the past re, uh, at least ninety days, uh, we have had over thirty eight separate individual instances of human trafficking, human smuggling. We are working proactively with senators and and delegates to um, adjust and polish the human trafficking uh, statute. Uh, I'm looking forward to having those discussions here within the coming months uh, in person with the senators. Are you looking for more teeth in that? Yes, because uh, the smuggling part is not uh, adequately addressed in our state statute. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking is, but when we can only prove smuggling where you've got organizations that are literally benefiting uh, monetarily from the transportation of illegal immigrants across state lines, um, that that piece is very gray mm-hmm. and, and it needs adjusting. So what does that look like? I mean, is it is it somebody tied up in the back of a car every time? Is it somebody, you know, sitting? Or could it be them just driving themselves and they're being forced to do that? I mean, what does that look well, like? Well, what it is is you have a, a coyote, a, a smuggler that uh, this smuggler by texts or messaging has no idea other than them being a driver uh, in terms of uh, they know that they're transporting two, three, four, maybe even upwards of six uh, individuals from this point to this point, they know that they're making a uh, thousand to two thousand dollars a head on the trip, and they know they don't. They might know the meeting place and a alias name for the person that they're supposed to link up with. Other than that, they don't know that it's cartel uh, related. They don't know that these people have drugs on their person. Um, these individuals are either being sex trafficked or, or in forced in uh, work labor by saying, you know, we'll take your credentials, mm-hmm. we'll take you to this dreamland location where you can live out your life with your family or nearest your family. But when they get there, their credentials are kept and they're forced into workforce labor or sex trafficking and said, you got to work it all, especially those that can't even afford mm-hmm. to pay $15,000, $2,000, $3,000 for that, that, that travel. So even when it's done legit, I wouldn't even say that there's a legitimate. If I pay you $2,000 to take me somewhere, um, very rarely does that end up in my favor. Our guest this morning is Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. Uh, you mentioned uh, the you know prevalency of, of drugs, especially some of these synthetics, uh, the fentanyl. We had a story, I think it was out of Fayette County, in the, in the recent weeks in which uh, – Drugs were weaponized against the officers who were mm-hmm. who were responding, and mm-hmm. and the, the, had the officers 
uh, not gotten medical help immediately, it could have gone very badly. Yeah, so we definitely have to take uh, safety measures and, uh, again, training and uh, different directives uh, help in protecting our officers out there. Um, Airborne fentanyl can cause an overdose. Uh, there are mixed reports out there in terms of actual touching it and absorption through the skin. There's been studies in terms of uh, the fentanyl patches and a large amount of those on the hand. It takes an X amount to to and time, like 11 minutes or so to absorb. So there's conflicting stories in terms of touch, but I would never, I would always veer on the side of caution. Uh, if I identify a, an unknown substance, especially parents and whatnot, don't touch it. Yeah. We have the means of being able to, we have equipment or access to equipment where we can actually get a reading through the packaging material. We don't even have to open the bag. It's when that fentanyl becomes airborne that we really, really got to be. And if people like, ingest this stuff? People ingest, uh, the, you know, when I talked about crocodile yeah. uh, that came out of the, you know, Russia in 2009s and whatnot. Uh, I mean, you're talking about stuff with paint thinner in it. So uh, uh, we'll be talking about that too, but uh, I guess the, the, the what I want the public to really know about is what's called benzodope, the benzodiazepines. Uh, they're, they're, it, it's a Frankenstein drug that is it's a concoction of heroin, fentanyl, benzodiazepines, and it's all thrown together in one. Uh, you got uh, counterfeit pills that the stuff's being crushed and, and mixed within counterfeit pills like Valium or Xanax, and it's mm. it looks very similar. So what's happening is you got stuff that's a hundred to ten thousand times more potent than than heroin and fentanyl, and these folks are ingesting what they feel to be a, a Valium or a Xanax, one dose. Um, you know it could be lethal because it's a concoction Frankenstein drug mixed with, you know, two milligrams or more of, of fentanyl, which is an adult size overdose amount. And the person offering it to you at a party Could or college, they, or they may not even know. They may not even know. You mentioned yes, that they've yes. gotten these pill presses. Yeah. It looks like the legitimate mm -hmm. prescription version, mm -hmm. but you really don't know what you're mm -hmm. getting. Here's what we'll always battle with. We will always battle with the drug dealer that makes their product better than anybody else's, and that is to achieve the ultimate high. In that journey, they will experiment. They will throw it out there. So that that individual right there, I have no no sympathy for when it comes to when we catch them. When we catch them, I hope and I will advocate that they get put away for as long as possible. Mm. And we're speaking with Berkeley County Sheriff. Nathan Harmon, uh, transitioning uh, on from that, uh, there's some uh, canine news. Didn't you get some new uh, canine officers into the ranks? Yeah, well, um, you know, canine Pete and uh, his handler, uh, Deputy Dobson, uh, we had a, a, a retirement ceremony, if you will, for a furry friend. He he served roughly about eight years with us. Uh, he's done a, a phenomenal job. I was uh, sad to see our, our uh, brother in blue, very friend retired, but uh, I was very happy to see that the council blessed uh, uh, Deputy Dobson with uh, declaring the canine Pete as a, as, as a surplus, which in, opened the door for uh, Deputy Dobson taking him in his home. Cool. Because, yeah, I mean, you understand that relationship, right? Oh, yeah. Family, the kids. Yeah. And, you know, before we actually did our thing on, in, on the public uh, council meeting, you know, I was watching uh, Deputy Dobson's daughter play with uh, canine Pete, and, you know, he was snouting her, and it was just all this licking and hard kissing. It's just, <laughs> It was just uh, kind of, you know, reminded me of, of mm -hmm. my German Shepherd back at, at the house, Samson. But uh, it's just a... A beautiful relationship that's established. There. So we just call him Pete now. 
Well, spelled P-I-P, but right. it, so a lot of people want to say Pitt, but it's actually it's Pete. Pete. It's pronounced Pete. Yeah. Huh. <coughs> well, don't forget, you can always text us, 304-263-4321, and got a text uh, question for you here, and this is going back to the fentanyl. I've been seeing a lot of pictures and things on uh, social media, and this texter said uh, about the the fentanyl that looks like Skittles or is looking like candy. Have you seen well, that? Well, one thing that we have not seen in Berkeley County, and I say yet, is what's called rainbow fentanyl. If you see the post that I posted uh, earlier this morning, if you see, uh, you know, if the folks just Google rainbow fentanyl, that's another part of, of morbid in terms of a drug dealer. So their marketing perspective, their strategy is to make it more eye appealing to the kids, mm-hmm. uh, the younger generation. And when I say younger generation, I'm even talking about the ages between 18 and 25 when you look at national uh, data in terms of, of uh, drug abuse. Uh, that age group right there, 18 to 25, we really need to be concerned about. Hmm. Our guest this morning, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon, another social media post that you had had the the pink patches because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but it is also apparently Domestic mm-hmm. uh, Violence Awareness Month as well. It, it is, and it, I'm glad you brought that up. I think we really need to be loud uh, and, and out front with what is actually going on with domestic violence. My post included uh, some statistics. I believe there were two between 2016 and 2020 statistics. But when you start thinking about, uh, you know, 20 victims every minute in the United States of uh, domestic abuse, and you start thinking about 94% of all homo- uh, suicide homicides uh, related uh, to a female, and not to make this uh, the domestics, about, uh, you know, sexist in any way, but because it does happen to males, it does happen to children, uh, but I, I was startled to find out the relationship with, you know, we're, we're still living in a world where, you know, there's, there's folks out there that, that thrive on control of their partner. And, and, and looking at 72% of, of all homicide um, and suicide-related deaths uh, is, is involving an intimate partner, especially when you talk about a 500% increase uh, in the risk of a homicide if there's a gun in the home. So those are a little bit of statistics that, that, that should, should bring it to the forefront. And we're speaking with Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harbin. Unfortunately, we have to get uh, to our first break of the day, but anything else you want people to know about, let people know how they can get in touch with you, of course, if they have anything, or if you're looking for officers. Yeah, no, so uh, I'm, I'm proud to po- also post that, uh, you know, Deputy Meeks and, and, and uh, Officer, uh, Animal Control Officer uh, Kid and uh, we, we're, we're moving forward with promotional uh, promotions. Uh, we have a recruitment video that we're going to throw out there soon. Uh, kudos to Deputy Strickler for winning the Handle with Care um, referral award last night at the Board of Education meeting. So she's doing a phenomenal job as one of our school resource officers, hands down, probably one of the best we've ever seen, uh, along with uh, Deputy Wilmer and Deputy Keller. But a phenomenal job she's doing. I want to give her praise for that. Awesome. Well, it's always nice talking with the sheriff. Again, we've been speaking with Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. And stick around for more after the break here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner, alongside me, Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we had... 
Uh, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon on, well, to cover a whole bunch of important stuff. So if you missed any of that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. I think even he was impressed <laughs> by how <laughs> I mean, much was, we covered. It was concise and it was informative. It's exactly what you're looking for. But you can listen back to that a little bit later on over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. Absolutely. Yeah. So, lots going on in the news, and uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have statewide Metro News correspondent Brad McElhaney on to kind of make it all make sense. Today is a big day uh, for uh, those invested in the whole Hope Scholarship storyline because it goes before the state Supreme Court of Appeals. And um, programming note, we're going to have a state attorney general, Patrick Morrissey, on on Thursday, on Thursday as well, you may have heard uh, on some of our newscasts, we were talking about how Jefferson County Schools is pivoting in the wake of some uh, disappointing test scores from the West Virginia Summative Assessment, uh, General Summative Assessment, and um, they're going to uh, dismiss students early on Friday and kind of put the, um, you know, their effort into making sure that their teachers are ready in grades three through five to kind of um, re rehabilitate all of uh, that uh, curriculum and the focus there. We're going to have uh, Jefferson County Schools Superintendent uh, Dr. Bondi Shea Gibson learn on um, Thursday. Yeah, it's an interesting move by Jefferson County Schools there, I mm-hmm. think. You know, Well, that's those are the ages you're going to hit that. And and I don't know. I haven't looked at the at the test results uh, specifically for that, great, that age group, but it's a good place to start mm-hmm. if you have to aim your, um, you know, Build the foundation yeah. for the future. Absolutely. Yeah, I can understand that. And I'm sure the kids aren't going to be too upset with the uh, early dismissal. I, I think, if I'm not wrong, um, Morgan County, Berkeley County, and Jefferson County are dismissing early on Friday. Hmm. So. Well, you can always text us and let us know. Maybe we're uh, missing something that you're yeah. hearing out and about. 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321 is the text line. Yeah. And just remember, if you're listening online, if you're streaming, um, what we say is going to be a little delayed. So um, we may have already moved on to something else. So mm-hmm. get those text fingers ready and get those questions ready. Absolutely. So, yeah. So uh, what else is going on? Your <laughs> panhandle game of the week you guys have unveiled. That's right. Yes, uh, it'll be uh, coming up on Friday. If you missed it, you can listen back to it over on our Panhandle uh, Sports Live uh, show, which you can find over on PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. Uh, but we were speaking with Hedgesville coach Matt Faircloth, which uh, I don't know if you tuned in at all this past Friday, but their homecoming game against Spring Mills was a crazy one. We got the rain falling down, although it wasn't as rainy over the weekend as I think people were expecting mm-hmm. it to be, uh, which is a good thing because it didn't mess up too much. Uh, game or plan still miserable to be in the stands if you're just out there in and, the elements. And, and you know, I saw some pretty good ingenuity. Now you can you can kind of tell if you just are randomly walking up to a stadium and like the lights, you can tell people are there. You can tell what sport is happening based on how people are sitting in the stands. Really, at least in my experience, you can always tell if like it's a track event because they'll have the canopies. Oh, they have like, the tent up in the stands. Yeah, in yeah. the stands and things <laughs> like that. Um, and it's always a good move, but you don't see that for football. You don't see that you know, for different things. Maybe for baseball out in like the outfield or something. Well, it's because it's like a staging area because they, you know, they, they've got an event. They're waiting for half mm, an hour. Right. Then they go do the event. Then they come back with their friends and cheer their friends on when they right. go out for theirs. Yeah, that makes but sense. But there were some people that smartly had their uh, canopy set up in the stands uh, for the game, and they had a ton of people under it, of course, because it was pouring down the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, that game was crazy. It was 29-28 was the final score. Hedgesville wins at home, homecoming. On uh, their homecoming. In the last <laughs> second of the game, it was crazy. It was incredible. But our Panhandle games of the week have uh, have gotten well pretty good. And this week, it's Hedgesville and Musselman. So you guys are choosing well. Yeah, we've gotten pretty lucky. Cherry picking some I don't of these know games. If that's, I don't know if that's luck. I think that's, you know, skill. And skill on on part of the players making oh. it making it good games. Oh wow! We're just there it's watching. Very gracious. We're just there watching. They're the ones doing all the work, Marsha. More than watching, though, folks can hear a really energetic uh, call and uh, a lot of good analysis during those games. So, that's right. Um, and and I think uh, your fan base is picking up too. That's right. Yeah, and you can always uh, kind of keep up with all that over on our Twitter page at EP News Network, or you can text us three zero four two six three four three two one. Is it too early to start thinking about Friday? With it being Tuesday? No. Never to, too early. We might have to give something away on Friday. Oh, what really? Do you think? Yeah. yeah, do it. I have to give so let away. it be written. Yeah. So let it be done. Well, what is you, it going to be sports yeah, text, related? I don't know. Text is us what you like want. The, you know, what the, do you want? And we'll see if we can facilitate it. Going <laughs> to do the five finger discount <laughs> off someone's some desk here. Yeah, we got bowl <laughs> mints here. Got some bobbleheads. You know, at the L. Norman Dillon Farm Museum, they are, they're, part of their raffle is, is an 100 pound anvil do you remember oh yeah and i saw Campbell pictures of it on their that? facebook page yeah. the thing is aggressive you, can you can you outdo an anvil i almost feel like i would be upset if i won that since like now how do i get it out of here right my my car's not can you not handling a hundred pound anvil ground? on the back can you imagine putting that in the back of your prius <laughs> right clunk it would probably short circuit it just scrapes yeah, the ground short circuit with all the extra metal mm-hmm. in there but stick around. What is this <laughs> material? We are not familiar with this material well, in this car. While sparks are flying as your back <laughs> bumper and muffler are falling off as it's scraping the ground. Anyway, if you do win that anvil, you know, use it in good health. Yeah, don't drop it on somebody like Marsha said she would do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where that thought came from, honestly. <laughs> but stick around after the break. We'll be chatting with Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney right here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm. So, West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, our next guest is on the line. Yes, we love having him on because he helps make the the difficult, complicated stories make sense. Joining us is uh, West Virginia Metro News statewide correspondent, Brad McElhaney. Thanks for answering the call. Oh, hi. Thank you. It's an honor to be on. And I will admit to you, just the three of us, that some of these are uh, a challenge for my little brain, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, better you than us yeah, to try absolutely. to explain it to the masses. And you can read uh, Brad's stellar work over on metronews.com. But let's start with uh, one of the more timely pieces, and that is that the Hope Scholarship issue is going before the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. What say ye? Yeah, that is 1130 today, and if that is one where you have the time and interest to take a look, uh, the Supreme Court does stream its its oral arguments, so you can you can navigate to the Supreme Court and then to their YouTube channel and take a, a look. But that is the scholarship that was meant for families whose students were either leaving the public education system for some other form of education, whether it was private school or homeschooling or 
some some hybrid, and it was going to provide a little more than four thousand dollars. That amount changes every year, but for education expenses meant for whatever route they choose, and it was challenged on the basis that the, the state constitution calls for the legislature and the Department of Education to provide for an efficient and thorough public education system. So the, the challenge is that by, by providing money for students whose families are leaving the public education system, that, that it financially undercuts the public schools. The, the argument in favor of the Promise Scholarship is that but the public schools are not for everyone, but there are some families who have uh, special needs or or a view of their, their children's education system that is not necessarily aligned with the public schools, and that the, the Constitution doesn't say that you can't provide education alternatives on top of the, the efficient and thorough public education system. So you, you've got to do that as a state. As, as the baseline, but but that argument is you could also do more by providing these kinds of scholarships. So the five new members, the five members of the Supreme Court, uh, will do oral arguments today. That's that's often like popping popcorn, and the lawyers will begin by making a coherent set of arguments, and then the justices will get impatient with that and begin popping in with questions. Uh, and, and, you know, what I try to do is listen to what they're asking. That, that, that shows what interests them. But sometimes they can play devil's advocate. So you can't necessarily take it to the bank that just because they're asking a question one way indicates that that is their belief. Uh, so the, the Hope Scholarship is actually on hold for the time being. Uh, families in every region of West Virginia uh, 3,000 families have been counting on that for educational expenses. It's that, an interesting uh, for now. It's an interesting juxtaposition. Uh, we're going to have uh, West Virginia Attorney General uh, Patrick Morrissey on Thursday, and uh, he, of course, uh, is is supporting the idea of having the Hope Scholarship in the Mountain State. But on the on the opposite end of that are uh, state employees from the you know state board of education and the state education department that are saying you know that, that this is going to uh, undercut funding for us my understanding and you can correct me if i'm wrong is that we have a per capita expenditure in the state of 10 or 12,000 and and if this cuts 3,000 or 3400 away um, it's not a a complete um, per capita loss right yeah, I think that's true, that some money remains in the school system, even for some of those students who have decided to leave. Uh, so you're, you're still the, – the money remains to support the education system overall. Uh, but the argument being made by local school systems is still that that is a loss of students uh, and that, you know, you've still got to uphold the same costs, the, the building costs, uh, the costs of – uh, administration and counselors and teachers and supplies and uh, cleaning and upkeep of the buildings, the, the power bill, all of those expenses still remain. And if you're providing an incentive for, for students to leave, then it, it makes it more and more difficult. Uh, the, the other argument that the State Board of Education and, and local school systems are making is that um, – sorry – this is actually the argument of, of parents who are challenging the Hope Scholarship, and it is that 
if you take the Hope Scholarship and it's maybe $4,000, and that's not necessarily going to cover your, your the cost of your private school or, or, or whatever you choose to do. It doesn't cover the whole cost. So the, their argument is that wealthier families, families who can afford it, are the ones who are going to leave, and the ones who are not able to do so uh, because they are they have less means or their kids have um, special needs that are only covered by the public school system, they are the ones that will remain. And, and so it's sort of a hollowed out argument that they're making. Meanwhile, there's the, the question of timing. A lot of, um, uh, as you said, 3,000 uh, students or their, their families signed up for this and uh, there were entire uh Systems, programming systems, uh, schools set up to accommodate uh, students coming to private school because of the Hope Scholarship, and then the time of this, the timing of this meant that parents were scrambling uh, in a couple of weeks before the start of school to accommodate their their students. But then, uh, where did these new uh, private schools stand? Um, what are you hearing from them? Yeah, I you know I think what has happened is. Some of the parents who were counting on the HOPE scholarship worked out arrangements with with private schools or or whatever they had decided to do uh, to to essentially get forgiveness for the time being on on what they would owe. But that's that's the question of one of um, one of the parties suing to try to 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 maintain the HOPE scholarship is, you know, if, if this comes crashing down and I have uh, made arrangements with a private school and that's that's the life that we've chosen for our family. And then we don't have that option anymore because of the way it's gone in court, then, you know, we don't know what we're going to do. So it it has been difficult timing and and all those families, the 3,000 who were counting on the Hope Scholarship are in some degree of uncertainty right now because this remains in the court system. The, the Supreme Court did expedite this to try to get an answer quickly. And, you know, if they were to rule in favor of, of keeping the scholarship, potentially that money would be available for spring semesters. But right now it's it's very uncertain for this family. So, Brad, what else do you have your, your eyes on today? Oh, my gosh. Well, there's a big power company case. Um, it's Allegheny Power and Wheeling Power asking for an additional $300 million a year, and that would be for the average residential customers, about $18 more on their their bills of about what they're already paying, $150 a month. So a significant amount for the customers of those power companies. That rate case is before the Public Service Commission as we speak. Uh, it, it is a challenge to cover because it is, you know, it, these, these are people arguing these things who have a good deal of expertise on uh, how utilities are run, on on power sources, on regulations. I do not necessarily have any of those. I, I am just someone who tries to keep up, but that's going to go all day. Uh, and then I'm going to try to make an exit from that uh, to keep an eye on the HOPE scholarship. Uh, so it's it's kind of a challenging day. And then when Hoppy says to me tomorrow, he says, he'll say, what do you have today on Wednesday? And I'll say, it all happened yesterday. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you pack a snack for days like this? Well, I, I am watching all of these um, because it's going to be such a long day. The Public Service Commission hearing is going to be 
all day long, uh, witness after witness, and may slosh into tomorrow too. So I'm going to be I'm going to have access to my own kitchen, and when I want a snack, I'll be nice. in great shape. Very cool. We've been speaking with Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Hey, thanks, you guys. Take care. And uh, thanks again to Brad for joining us here. He's always uh, got his finger on the pulse of anything going on in West Virginia. I don't know how he has enough time in the day. I I don't know. It just some of these some of these stories he writes are in such detail and with so many different um, aspects covered and so many different folks that he talks to. It's just a it's amazing. You can tell he's a newspaper guy. Um, even though we kind of co-opted him, co-opted him for our media company, our radio company, but he's a, he's a writer for sure. Well, one thing he's not reporting about is the Allegheny Wood Rat. You know, Harper's Ferry National Historical Park, um, I believe, came out with that story. But uh, you know, enlighten us. Um, well, I'm also just finding out about the Allegheny Wood Rat, but uh, it's endangered mm-hmm. because of the uh, normal things. Um, if you go on Burley, there is a story. Oh, I yeah, got you right here. Uh, last seen 20 years ago, the Allegheny Wood Rat, uh, they were rediscovered this summer in the rocky forests of Harpers Ferry National Park. Very cool. And and I understand they're, okay, so they, they're called a wood rat, but they're closer to being a, like a mouse. So they're not as more closely re- cringy. More closely related to a mouse than a rat. The Allegheny Wood Rat is a pack rat. That prefers rocky outcrops close to wooded areas. It stashes acorns, plant parts, seeds, and nuts in its burrows and collects non-food items like feathers, bones, coins, leather oh. scrapes or scraps, leather scraps, uh, bottle caps, and rags. So if you've been tooling around this, the Harbors Ferry Park and you lost a coin or something, it Very could have cool. been filched by a wood rat. <clears throat> well, shout out to the Allegheny wood rat for bouncing back. Yeah. That's some staying power. Man, I remember the first time. So when I was um, a young a youngster, probably around Parker's age, I guess, mm-hmm. now, um, <laughs> with it being his birthday today. Wow. The perspective uh, that you have. You're like the, the old guard, the old man. You're going to give him the sage advice. I know. Mm-hmm. But um, I had a summer job working for a parks department, and um, one of my kind of areas was these two parks that was connected by a little walking path along this little creek, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I'll never forget. I was kind of. I would always go walk around that creek in the morning, just kind of waste time. You know, it was nice. It was quiet. Looking, looking at the fish. Yeah, or lack bit. of fish. Well, it would be the carp that the giant carp oh, that would slither out of the main they, lake, they, and they, they would get caught out yeah. in there. Um, but I remember just standing there, and all of a sudden, this big old rat comes out of a little hole in the bank of the uh, bank of the creek and runs <sighs> right across my feet. And I'll tell you what, Marcia, I have never woken up so fast in my life. <laughs> And I don't think I've ever ran so fast. And there's a housing development that is like directly next to it. So it's like house, <laughs> row, of, row of bushes, walking path, creek, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I know for a fact that people were just standing there drinking their morning coffee, just dying laughing at the kid. Uh, and then the worst part is I had to go back because I had a little gator that I could drive, like a uh-huh. golf cart type of thing. And I had to go all the way back because I ran away from it and said uh-huh. gator. So I had to go all the way back across the park to get the dang Gator. I thought you were going to tell me you got in the gator and went after the rat. Oh, that would be the worst. I hope you you scared it off as much as it scared no, you. My arch enemy in that job was a goose. It was a Canadian <laughs> goose. Have, have I ever told you about that? I think you mentioned it, but not everyone my heard it. arch enemy. Arch enemy. Uh, I'll share that story. I'll do it after the break. So stick around. If you want to hear how much I oh, dislike this goose, mm, I hate that thing. I'll, I'll say it. I hate it. <laughs> 
It's a harsh word, but I'll say it. Uh, I'll tell you after the break. You're on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kabalik. Marsha, am I too late for Paul Pauls? I don't know. That's a good Paul question. Paul Paul season over. Let me look that up. I fear quick. it might be. And especially with how cold it's gotten. I was talking, mm-hmm. I went up to reheat the coffee real quick there during the break. And uh, I was talking to everybody out there. I was like, it, I was thinking when I was walking the dog this morning, it might as well just be snowing. Really? Yeah, with how cold it is and with the rain, I think just it's, snow. Everything, everything's relative. Just snow and I'm done with it. I you, can't stand it. You know what, though? There are there are always silver linings. And, and one of them is that vacation season is over and Bob's was back in business. And you were able oh, to get, you sent yeah. me that text yesterday. Stopped on down at Bob's carry out on uh, Raleigh Street yesterday for lunch. And um, they got the best cherry Coke in the world. Literally the best cherry Coke in the world. And um, the last couple of weeks, gone down there, they haven't had it. Haven't had the syrup. Mm-hmm. So I just took a chance yesterday. Um, walked in there. I was like, hey, you got cherry Coke? I even switched up. I, tried, I switched the whole thing. I even got a turkey sub instead of a ham cheese. Wow, because it, it just up. didn't taste right? Didn't, no, didn't just, right? I was like, look, let's switch, switch the routine up. Maybe if I get a different sub, they'll end up having the cherry Coke. Right? Oh, okay. Switch it up a little bit. And they say turkey subs are better for you. But um, walk in there, get my sub. Bob's sitting there. I say, what's up, Bob? He goes, what's up? And I say, hey, you got any cherry Coke? And they go, yep. And I could have started crying. <laughs> I was so happy that they had this cherry Coke, Marsha. It was the best. It was the best. And the worst part about it is then, then I have to control myself not to drink it in two seconds. Like, that's my problem in life. Because you're... you're. I was excited for it. I wanted all of it. You're not, you're not enjoying your lunch there. You're going to take it elsewhere and eat it. Right, because right, so. I just live down the street, so I'm mm-hmm. just hopping the car real quick on the way back. And, um, I mean, there's a very real chance that I could, and I got a large, it's gigantic, right? Mm-hmm. Very real chance that that could have been gone by the time I got back to my, my apartment building, which is like a three-second walk, let alone drive. Well, maybe you could ask for a refill before you leave and just say, <laughs> can, I, can I just get my refill now? But I was good about it, and I didn't. I, I had saved. You savored it. I savored it. I savored it, and um, yeah, it was great. Love Bob's. We have best cherry coke, best cherry coke in town. You can't change my mind, but you can text me and try. But you can text me and try. Three zero four two six three four three two one is the text line. I think Bob's has the best. I think the best lunch in town. Okay. Period. You know, uh, a good contender for breakfast, the blue white, of and, course. And our young Luke Wiggs was there this morning. He, apparently, <laughs> he he got up like uber early this morning. I know. He's uh, he's too young to be just getting up and staying up at weird hours. So he goes, I was up at four. And we both said, well, you could have come to work. Yeah, it's like, well, we were here. so. <laughs> and and then he said, well, you know where I went? And I said, oh, well, the gym. He said, uh, no. But he, he got breakfast at the Blue White and, and said that they were listening to our mm-hmm. sister station. Yeah, and there's a butter, sh- a butter shortage. So yeah, one of, one of my newscasts over there was, um, I cover some national news for for them and uh yeah that they there could be their their uh rustlings of a butter shortage uh butter production 
lowest rate since 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I hate putting those stories out there because I think that it induces hoarding. You think, oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, how many people do like, you think are still rolling through toilet paper? Right, exactly. You know? Um, and, and, you know, you can freeze butter. You so, can freeze butter. You and, can make your um, own. Can you imagine? <laughs> you make your own butter? I was surprised that you were the one that came up with that idea what do you mean? today. It's just like, uh, you know, you could make it. <laughs> well. You could make your own butter. I saw a video of a girl making it in a <laughs> ball glass jar uh-huh. the other day. And then you, then you said, you go to Lancaster, right? You probably know how to make you butter. Probably, you I'm can like, source some butter No, there. you don't get it by association. You don't pick up those skills. I mean, hey, the question's got to be asked. Okay. You know, why don't you just make it? Well, if you're if you're doing it by hand, though, I think I'd probably get like this a butter pat. That that's how much I would be able to make. Like like you get with your toast. Oh, those butter churns are pretty big things. Mm-hmm. I could just see you now, just sitting mm-hmm. in a chair with a big old wooden butter churn, uh-huh. with, waiting for my toast to pop up and yeah. finish my butter. Yeah, that's right. I, Every I, morning. I hope it's fake news and that they, we're not going to have a butter shortage. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but if the, if so, go hit Marsha up. She's going to be uh, <laughs> freezing some of it. Absolutely. Freezing some of it. But if you missed any of the show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. Uh, we had Sheriff Nathan Harmon on, which, man, we covered a ton mm-hmm. with Sheriff Harmon today. Uh, it's a ton of really important stuff, so you can check that out if you missed it. Uh, we also spoke with statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney, who was uh, giving us the lowdown, the 411 on, acro- on the all the news across mm-hmm. the state. Um well, yeah, just about does for us. Got anything else you can think of? Brad's going to be back uh, with uh, Hoppy on Talkline later today, too. So I think we were his warm-up mm-hmm. act. Oh, I'm sure. That's why it was a good thing. Just be like, hey, go ahead and start talking. Whatever you got to say, <laughs> get it out and get prepped. Yeah, that's what I found out during uh, the Shepherd game over on 95.9, the big dog over the weekend, because uh-huh. the rain and like all kinds of different stuff had a little technical difficulties getting things started up. So we uh, started or we missed the pregame show. And it took me a while to get like warmed up during the game, right? Because you usually had a. I know, got like an hour. To... Well, I got like an hour to like warm up and talk mm-hmm. about stuff and do whatever. Uh, but anyways, that just about does it for us today. That's enough uh, waffling out of us till we get to the top of the hour. So if uh, you missed it, listen back to it. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.